Good morning. It is great to see you this morning. I want to remind you what we're doing here because maybe you've come for your whole life and this is just a part of this, the service you've gotten used to. Maybe for some of you it's just always built into your schedule every Sunday. This is a good nap time, right? Or um, it's just, what are we doing here? And I just want to remind you that we believe that in the Christian community that the way Jesus has designed his kingdom to roll is his word is like primary in his kingdom. It is, it is a source of, of life and direction. It, it's huge to us. And we actually, Jesus himself called himself the word, right? In the beginning was the word because what God speaks is life-giving. And we, we just believe that in the formation of our, our Christian communities that there is time that we, we just hear the word. And it's, it's kind of unique. It's one guy and a monologue kind of just talking. But we really believe that because the word is the focus and this guy is proclaiming the word, that this is something beyond just an um, organizational meeting or uh, kind of a uh, motivational speech or a, uh, you know, uh, a history lesson uh, or just information. It, it's far beyond that. We actually believe that in these moments that the Spirit of God, who wrote the Word of God, He takes the Word of God. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God, and in the process of it being proclaimed, and you hearing, and the Spirit working through all this, it transforms us into the image of the Son of God. As we proclaim the Word, and as it speaks to us, and we go from this place, and it stays in our minds, and, and it filters down into our hearts, as we begin to see that and experience it, all of a sudden our lives begin to reflect more and more the image of Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is really valuable. This is important. And this isn't just like one of the, the checklists on my job description, right? If you do this, you get paid this week. And so, you know, I guess we'll go and hear that guy so he can get paid. No, we believe it's something way bigger than that. It's beyond any of that. Um, and so just reminding you of that, as we're in the middle of uh, our I Am series, the uh, seven bold declarative statements of Jesus Christ. So who was Jesus? What was he about? How did he live? What did he teach? What's he all centered? I, I really believe that it's all centered in these seven statements he makes about himself. These are, these are, this is Jesus' revelation of what he, who he is, what he's about. And so we kind of comb through those, and as we begin to look at those, we realize that this is far bigger than just us seeing who he is, and wow, isn't he great, and wow, isn't he that, and look at that, and we kind of stand back, and we look at this, and, and we just, wow, yes, absolutely, Jesus was declaring himself to be God as he uses the same language that God the Father had used in the Old Testament when he says, I am. Jesus is absolutely saying, I am, I am God, absolutely. But in these metaphors, in these word pictures, in these descriptions of who he is, we realize that this is far more than just seeing him for who he is. It's him for who he is and what does that mean in my life? Every one of these statements Jesus makes is a way that he shows a need in our own lives 
and how then he meets that need. And he truly is the father, he is God who is interested in, in uh, coming to his people, bringing them in, and causing a relationship to happen between him and us. And so this is an identity series. Yes, it's his identity as we remind ourselves of who he is, but it is beyond that. It, is a, it goes deeper than that. It's this is who he is, and this is what it should mean in your life. And so we, we kind of centered around this series sentence. Um, he reveals his identity to shape our identity. And we've talked about he's the bread of life, therefore I'm satisfied. I don't live life each and every day looking, longing, hoping, seeking, discontented. No, I've, I've found the bread of life. I've found the one who, who meets that longing of my heart, that need of my soul, that void that always, it's him. And I'm satisfied. I live satisfied. He's the vine. And therefore, if he's the vine and we're a branch, he's the source of everything. And I don't live in my own strength. I don't have to find the answers. I don't have to make it work. He's the source. He's the good shepherd. Therefore, I'm secure. We've talked about that. He's the door. Therefore, I'm saved. But I want to jump into this fifth statement he makes. I thought it was like the, the most well-known one. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I thought, well, that's going to be like a real red meat Sunday. You know, I'm just going to throw red meat out there, and they're going to be like, yeah. You know, I think there's more to this than I originally had understood. And I want to share that with us in a bit. But I want to start with this video because I believe it helps us clue into the context. Now, there's this video, if the audio is something maybe you don't pick up, this is a video, a home video of a man, 66 years old, who's been colorblind. And evidently they have now developed these glasses for colorblind people. You want to, to have a good cry today. You want to be touched uh, emotionally in a great way. Just go on YouTube and type in glasses for colorblind. <clears throat> It's amazing. And I want to show you this, this today. It's a 66-year-old grandpa who is receiving these glasses.
Now, I don't know about you, but that's just like almost a slice of heaven to me. I actually feel like that's kind of a little picture, his face, his reaction to what we all long for at some point, isn't it? The hope that everything is made right, everything's restored. Just that, I, again, go on YouTube, every response is like that. It's not like put on. It's like as soon as they see his father seeing flowers for the first time with his kids, just this overwhelmed by this is right. It's I've been broken and now it's fixed, it's restored, it's healed. That's a little bit of heaven to me. I believe that's what we long for and look for with our own lives. That, that, that point where it's all right and we can have this joy and this peace. And that's the context of what Jesus is talking to his disciples about. It's these words in John chapter 14 verse 1. Don't or do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way, to the place where I am going. You've heard these words many times, haven't you? We've read them at the death of our loved ones to remind us of the the reality, the hope we have. He said later in John chapter 14, peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. And he reiterates this. He tells them again that he understands that we want to know how to get home And it's in these last words he's given, John 14, 15, 16, 17, before he's going to the cross. This is Thursday night. Things are intense. Things are confusing to the disciples. Things are changing. They sense it. They know it. They're not quite sure of what's going to happen, but they know they've been out amongst the crowd that week, and they know that something big's about to happen, and then Jesus is talking about this. And, and on their minds, and one of the things that he wants to remind them of, of give them a sense of hope and security and understanding is this idea of, going home so the context of this is going home and he says he says these words to which Thomas he says you know the way to the place where I'm going and Thomas responds to him this way I love Thomas right Uh, I totally could be friends with this guy Lord we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way? We, we don't know where you're going. We don't know what's happening. I mean, Jesus probably could have went down through a whole recapturing of hours and months and years now of sharing with them. That's why I love Thomas, because he didn't get it the first time or the 10th time or the 500th time, and that gives me a lot of hope. I don't know what's going on. I still don't get all this. 
So how can we know the way to which Jesus responds, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember, these words are given in the context of us going of us going home. Now, I want to jump into a little bit here. You have to understand that, or you have to remember that he's talking to 12 good Jewish boys. Well, some of them weren't so good. One of them was a zealot and probably did some terrorist type stuff at some point. But, um, you know, they were Jewish, they were Jewish kids. And so when Jesus starts throwing a wild words like way, truth, and life, that was familiar to them. Because they had grown up in a culture that the, the, the word of God, those five books, what they called the Torah, it inf- impacted everything. It told them all about life. That Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, that was, they all knew it. They were taught it. They lived it. Their whole, their whole culture looked like it. And they would remember that the Exodus, the, the Exodus passages had said things like, God saying, teach them my decrees and my laws and show them the way that they are to live and how are they to behave. They would remember the words from the Old Testament. Uh, Your righteousness is everlasting and your law is truth. They would remember from Deuteronomy that the words, the laws that God has given, the scriptures say, are not just idle words for you. They are your life. And so they had quickly, they would quickly associate way, truth, and life with something they had been taught all along. And it was this know the Torah, obey the Torah, follow the Torah, and you will live. And here Jesus says, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything you've been taught, everything you were told to follow this, this, and don't do this, do this, remember that, follow that, sacrifice that, live here, do this for the poor, do all this jazz almost said junk it's not junk right it all is culminating in me I am the way how do I get home I am the way home now I want to stop and recognize a few things Jesus claim is exclusive and you would expect me to say this right And that's what a lot of times this verse is used when we talk about Jesus and who he is and especially when we're defending our faith and all that. This is like one of those, you know, red letter verses. We all know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I'm going to throw that at you to tell you that Jesus is, he claimed to be the only way to God. And you know what? Absolutely this claim is exclusive 
Our culture would say, well, don't all paths lead to heaven? Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, humanism. Salvation comes in many forms, right? And I'm going to tell you, Christ walks upriver on this topic, especially here. Some historians would clump Jesus with Moses, Muhammad, Confucius, other spiritual leaders, Gandhi, the Dalai Lama. But Jesus refuses to share the page with them. He declares, it's me, the only way to God. Now, he could have scored more points in political correctness had he said, I know the way. Could have made this a little easier. I show the way. He doesn't say those words. He says, I am the way. And our, and our culture recoils at this. It sounds primitive in this era of broad bands and broad minds. The world is shrinking. Cultures are blending. Borders are bending. This is the day of inclusion. And so as our, as our global community, our global, our, our global world, that's, yeah. That was a good one. That's a here's your sign statement, all right? As our world is, is becoming more connected, faiths are bleeding over, especially here, right? America, the melting pot. And it's so common for us to hear phrases like, well, all faiths lead to God. Whatever you believe, that's good for you, and that'll get you to God. I'm going to burst that little bubble right now. At least Jesus doesn't ever allow for room for that. He says, I am the way. He didn't say, I am not. He didn't say, I am a way. I am the way. Right? You expect me to say that, right? I hope you expect me to say that. But you know, I've seen more beyond this verse where I don't think it's just like a, a hammer that we use against people. You don't believe in Jesus? Well, wham! You better do something about, you know. Absolutely, Jesus was exclusive here. But I find in this claim that he also is unbelievably inclusive. How do I get home? I want to get home. That's what we all want to know, that reality. Getting home. He says, well, I'm the way. I invite you to find the way. I, am, I, am, I can get you home. I can get you home. You have that place where you just long for here on this earth? Maybe it's the house you're in now. Maybe it's where you grew up. Uh, but there's just something, there's nothing like home, is there? I grew up in a little town in Iowa. Um, I have strong, strong emotional attachment to Iowa. 
um, and to that town. And there are times, I kid you not, I'm driving down the road and I'll just all of a sudden be overwhelmed by I just want to drive up to I-80, turn left, and drive seven hours. And I just want to go to those places that are so close to me. I just want to, I want to go to that, that house or that place in town. Am I weird? You're looking at me like I'm weird. It's just home, right? It's like, oh, that was, that's home. We all want to go home. And he realizes that and he invites us to the way to get home. Now, people, the early church was, were called Christians. Christians were called the people of the way. All right? We're not called that anymore. We're called just Christians. But if we'd have lived in that culture, we'd have been called, well, you're people of the way. The way. And what that meant was that there was this group of people that embraced the teachings and the life of Jesus so much that they literally allowed it to become what guided them. How he lived, they lived. What he did, they, they, uh, they did. And literally in that culture, this became people of the way. It wasn't so much that they just believed about Jesus or believed that, yeah, he was you know, this great guy or this, he was even who he said he was and we believe that and so it was they embraced what he said and they, as this book is going to finish, John, the book of John, in Jesus' simple words to Peter, he says two words, he says, follow me. They embraced that and they became known as the people of the way because not of what they believed but as how they lived out that belief. And Jesus says, I am the way. And they had embraced that. But what does that mean? I think that the way, the truth, and the life is, it's this. And you can, you can read something else and disagree with me. That's fine. But Thomas says, we don't know the way. Right? And so Jesus answers him, say, I am the way. And then he adds truth and life because he is telling them that he is the way and he is the way because he is the truth of God and he is the life of God. The way home, the way is centered on the truth and the life of who Jesus is. I am the way. And that way is, I am truth, and I am life. Jesus, I want to I read this to you. Jesus is claiming to be the truth. Not I might be or I like to be. And this is what separates Jesus from every other leader of every other faith. Muhammad said, I'm a prophet of the truth. He claimed to teach truth, but not be truth. Buddha said at the end of his life, I'm still searching for the truth. 
The Hindu scriptures say truth is elusive. Jesus says, I don't, he doesn't say, I know about the truth or I can lead you to the truth. He says, I am the truth. And this is an incredibly divisive statement. It's either right or it's wrong. He's either who he says he is or he's the biggest liar in the history of the world. He is the biggest fraud ever if he's not who he said he was. He even, if you remember the Sermon on the Mount, he reminds his listeners of, well, the law said, the word of God says this. And then he says this phrase, but I say to you. And he actually says, listen, (laughs) what I'm saying, it is even superseding what was said earlier. He's saying, listen, I am literally the authoritative standard on what truth is. He's saying, I'm the source because I am. You know, Jesus came to earth to personify truth, to make it real. Not just follow this, 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 or believe this, this, this. He's like, what it looks like, what it can act like in this world. Remember he said that Jesus came and he was full of grace and truth. He incarnated truth. He personalized truth. Truth is now something that you and I can relate to. What does it mean to be true? What does it mean to find truth? He's saying, look no other place than me. I'm it. And so, I want to go home. And he says he's the way. Well, that way includes the truth about who he is, but it also includes, well, let me just say this. I have discovered, probably the hard way, that the truth is not derived from my own creative thinking. Now, my own thinking helps me assess various competing claims for truth, right? But ultimately, if I rely on my own philosophical quest to bring me to truth, I will never cease searching. It's what Solomon said. There is no end to knowing. There is no end to searching for meaning. And I'm still, I'm committed to figuring out what is truth, but I start with the claim of Jesus that he is the truth. Amen? All right, we're on board. He's the life, right? He says, I'm the truth and the life. I mean, this guy is the guy who's saying one minute, I'm going to die. And now he's saying he's the life. And no wonder Thomas is like, I don't know what you're doing here. Living, dying, what's going on? He's saying, well, listen, actually, I'm going to die so that I live, so that you might experience life. And I'm going to triumph over death so you can know what it is to triumph in your own life over sin and ultimately death. And he says, actually, for life to happen, I must die. And he's saying, when I die and then rise again, it's the ultimate symbol, ultimate sign that life can come into your life. 
And he paid that off, right? He did it. He died and he rose again. And he, said, he says, the way to go home is him and it's the truth and the life that he brings into our hearts. Now, I would simply remind you of this. He is the way because I'm lost. He is the truth because I'm blind. And he is the life because I'm dead. I'm lost, I'm blind, I'm dead. I want to go home, but I can't get there. I cannot move, I'm stuck. And he says, you want to see the Father? I can make that happen. But you know what I want to just really leave with you? As I've been thinking about that, and I'm thinking, you know what, you're going to stand up there, and you're going to say those words, and some of them are going to look at you like, duh, I already knew that. You're telling me this was, this was great today. You told me something I already knew. I didn't need to be convinced about Jesus. I already knew he was the way. I'm not entertaining any thoughts of any other faith, stuff like that. The more I got to thinking about this, the more I realized, do you realize that every other religion in this world or the humanism of this world, either one, is built on the simple premise that you and I can earn or gain favor with God. Every other religion. They'll offer you ways to connect with God, but ultimately, you've got to make it happen. You've got to, you know, those five tenets of Islam. You've got to do this and this and this if you want to be sure. If you want to be sure, you get to see God. And you're not even sure, but you need to do these five things. You need to pray five times daily. You need to do this. Whatever other religion you want to throw out there, or humanism that just believes, if you want to figure this all out, you just have to look really deep inside of yourself. I tell you what, that's not worked for me. <laughs> Not seeing some good stuff in there. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the way. Everything else is built on the premise that somehow in the process, it's all on you. And what he is saying is, listen, the way to go home is not words like this. Believe in yourself. Be good. Parents are shooting me right now. Try harder. Work longer. Dig deeper. Be self-resourced. That's not the way to the Father. Because every one of those things will fall short. You will not ultimately be good enough in your own strength. And somewhere along the line, you will not believe in yourself enough. Because it's going to crash. It's going to, things are going to happen and you're going to be, or you're not going to be able to work longer or try hard enough. The way is built on something different. If I want to go home, it's not on me to get there in my own strength. The way, Jesus, through what he means by the truth and the life that he gives, the truth is he is the Son of God sent to earth because we're broken, lost, blind, hopeless, stuck, 
And we can't do anything about it, but he comes, he takes our place, he takes the penalty, he pays the price, he then dies for our sins, taking the punishment, then he triumphs over death by rising again, and now all of a sudden we don't have to be stuck, blind, lost, hopeless, without strength. That's the truth in the life thing. That's the way. And for you and I to go home, we embrace the way of this. We believe in him. We turn from ourselves, our own abilities. We turn from that. We don't believe in that. We don't trust in that anymore. It's not enough. It won't gain God's favor or approval. He's not looking for that. In fact, he uses really strong words, doesn't he? When he says, when you and, when you and I try to do that, when we try to do our own righteousness, what does he say that's like to him? Well, I'll tell you, it's just modern translation. It's like use toilet paper to God. Filthy rags. It doesn't work. It can never work. It was never meant to work. It's him. It's trusting. It's depending. It's now being resourced in my life by the Holy Spirit. That is the way. And I want to go home. I go home through this. I get home through this. Jesus is the way. Therefore, I am sure. Because you know what? In the other way, the other approach when it's on you, you're always asking these questions. Am I good enough? Have I done enough? How do I know what enough is? How do I get home? What do I need to do? Do I need to do something else? You ever been at the bedside of someone or in the dying moments of someone who's lived this life all on them and they're asking those questions and they're wondering and have I not done enough good to outweigh the bad? That whole thing, that whole life, that is not the way home. The way home is I can't do this. I don't have it in me. In fact, I'm so fallen and broken that I... Even when I try to do something, I try harder, I mess it up worse. You ever been there? And he's the way. He's what I need to trust in. He's what what I need to believe in. He's what I need to depend on. He's what I need to be resourced by. And again, I'm questioning in my mind as I'm preparing this. They're going to look at me and say, okay. I know that too, but I will tell you that from the beginning of mankind to now, the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest way that the enemy of our soul, the great deceiver, sows lies into our hearts and lives is to try to deceive us into believing that we need to be enough and we need to do enough and we need to, and we, he, he causes us to be tempted all the time to take things back into our own hands. My strength, what I can do, I'll pull this off. And that's not the way. He's the way. Well, Chip, are you, are you saying I just need to go home and sit like Nirvana style and Just go, you know, he's the way. I'm going to do nothing. No. 
What I am saying is it's a whole change of mindset. I recognize that I need him in my life to be and to do and to live how I was always created. And I am going to resource, I am going to access him. I am going to be sourced by him. I am going to cultivate that personal relationship with him because it's only as I'm connected to him that I walk in the way that leads me home. Thomas said, I don't know where you're going. I don't know the way. Jesus said, just just stay with me. I'm the way home. Let's stand this morning. I want to pray with you before you go. Father, I know in my own life, Lord, you have, you have shown me this probably many times that the way is trusting, walking with you, being connected with you and living out through your strength and your help and your grace in my life. And that means time and communication with you, staying connected to you. But Lord, I've found in my own life that sometimes I can, I go over here and I start to take things on in my own strength. I begin to act out in my own strength. I begin to believe that it's all on me and I've got to fix this and, and, and I live over here and really that's not the way. That's not going to get me home either because I'm going to crash and burn living that way. And Lord, you are consistently calling us to the way. It's your truth and your life in us. Leading us, guiding us. And I don't know how that works in each person's lives or where they're at with that. But Lord, I do know that you do speak to us and show us how we can better trust you, how we can better depend on you, how we can better uh, just be resourced by your Holy Spirit. That's the way home. And so, Lord, teach us, show us how to always walk away from religion, which is self-attainment, and to walk always in relationship, which is you as our Father and we as your children, depending on you. Thank you for these words. Thank you for the truth that pierces right down into our soul and shows us how it can be for this inclusive statement where you invite us to the way. We can get home. We can get home and it's in you and you've done the work. You've provided the way. Thank you, Lord. We can be sure. We can be sure. So Lord, bless each one. Go with us as we go from this place, Lord. Would you be with each one? Give them a great week. Keep your hand on them, I pray. Bless them as they go to work, as they have uh, different social functions, as school activities. Everything that's going on, Lord, I just pray a blessing over their lives. And Lord, may this week we be people of the way. And that is trusting, depending, staying connected to you. Lord, we pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great week. Enjoy the fair. I'll see you next Sunday.